0: Good morning. On this Tuesday, on this uh Tuesday morning. Lost track of time here. Uh welcome to our devotional golden nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. If you joined us in the past few days, we've been looking at the book of Philippians, chapter three, verse ten, which says this this that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If we were to subdivide that into four points, it would be knowing Christ, knowing the resurrected Christ, not knowing just about the the Christ when he walked here on earth, but knowing him like Paul knew him. He knew him not after the flesh, but he knew him according to the spirit. Then... The second thing would be knowing the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection life, the life that was in Christ, and then he laid it down, and then he took it back up, is the model that was tested. It was the prototype which we would be imparted that believe on him and it would be that very life that would be sustaining, living, and manifesting itself through our physical mortal bodies, through our life. We can say this in several ways. Uh, we have a natural life and we have a spiritual life. Or we can say, I live in this physical natural body, but I have a supernatural life, also wanting to express itself through this natural, physical body. Or I can say I have a natural life and I have a supernatural life. So if we were to look at it in that way, then the power of his resurrection that Paul was talking about was everything that is after the crucifixion, after his death, burial, and then, of course, his resurrection. Paul knew Jesus in this manner, but yet he still wanted to know him more. Then the third point here is the fellowship of his suffering. Understanding why and knowing why he went through what he went through so that he could make us partakers and make us the captain uh, of our salvation. Understanding how fellowship, koinonia, that is, a deep relationship with him. That is not just being acquainted with him by name, but that is a true fellowship, a knowing him, knowing the fellowship of his sufferings and knowing what is happening to us when we go through such things, and then being made conformable unto his death, just as on a daily basis Christ was rejected How he may have been treated by the religious system and people of his day and age. How he was treated by his own family. How he resorted to uh, being a servant. How he took on a human body. He became flesh and he thought it uh, uh, not robbery to be equal with God and let the relationship of a son and a Heavenly Father, be fully matured and developed. Understanding all these things, they are part of our characteristic and spiritual nature. We must know these things to be able to understand that life in itself is not just a happenstance. It just doesn't take place because it took place, but it's taking place because there is a divine order. There is a divine destiny. There is a divine objective that God has and purpose for our lives. And in order to accomplish it and fulfill it in us, we must understand that we must know Christ and we must know our Heavenly Father. We must partake and be partakers of that which is to come. Now, as we read the scriptures that we read today, consider some of the things that I just mentioned, because they're going to pop up and they're going to show up in some of these things. Now, the scripture says that in the last days, in the book of Daniel 11.32, such that do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now, this is prophetic when it was written by Daniel, and it is concerning the time and age that we are in today. And he makes a a, a statement concerning of when the Antichrist appears. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Yesterday we made uh, the notation that he was saying, uh, Know those that know their Elohim, their creator. Be still and know that I am your creator. I will be exalted among the heathens and I will be exalted in the earth. Jesus made the statement in John 17, 3, and this is eternal life or life eternal or life everlasting that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And then it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure, this life that has been imparted unto us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Earthen vessels just simply means vessels of clay. That's what Adam was made out of, the dust of this earth. And he was breathed into his nostrils the breaths of life so that his body uh the, the the clay became a living biological thing. His soul, the union of spirit and body together, uh was created and became alive. So he was called a nephish, a living soul, a soul that is alive. And then of course he received the breath of of, of life also of uh, a spirit, uh an impartation of the very nature of God in that sense that uh, God is spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So some people would say uh, that we are a spirit, we live in a body, we possess a soul. Others would just simply say that man is a combination of soul and body. Well, nonetheless, the treasure of his life, of his spirit, of his word, of everything that he is everything he will ever be everything that he was is imparted into us and we become partakers of that divine nature through the very words that he has spoken so we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god there once again we have the treasure and we have the power that are mentioned and it may, that it may be of God and not of ourselves. And then, of course, in Philippians 3.10, Paul went ahead to mention that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, And it, be, it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory. There's that relationship that we mentioned again that Jesus had with the Father that we are to enter into that same type of relationship where the life of the Father, the life of the Son, the life of the Holy Spirit is imparted into our very being, even affecting our physical mortal flesh. It says, uh, to bringing in many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Now, stop and think about that. Jesus was already perfect. He was already perfect. And now, the scripture here says, so that he could be the captain of our salvation. Uh... It was perfected through the things that he went through, the things that he suffered. In other words, we're talking about that little tent in some of the messages in the back, uh, in the past. We mentioned we are a tabernacle. We are a little tent. Our physical body houses that which is uh, in us called the human spirit. So the scripture goes on further to say, In the book of Hebrews, in chapter number 12, in verse 10, For they, speaking of our earthly fathers, For they, verily for a few days, chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now that is understanding part of the things that he suffered or that he went through. Partaking of the holy nature of God, partaking of the holiness and nature of Christ, part of it had to do with being corrected or being directed in life and learning to be obedient in that correction that is brought in unto our lives. It says in Hebrews 5, 7, and 8, Who in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, there's that relationship that is mentioned. That is part of what we must understand, that we must have that sonship relationship We must know what it is and understand what it is to have a Heavenly Father lean and depend upon Him. Trust that when He chastens and corrects us that we are being, or that it is being done in love, that it will bring us to a place of fuller obedience that will bring us even into deeper, stronger, and mightier things in our salvation. If we can't handle it in the little, how are we going to handle it when he manifests and brings that which is much? Or as the Bible puts it, when we have battled the foot soldiers and we have become weary, how are we going to handle when we have to battle the ones that are on horses? It's simply and plainly put in the scripture for us. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And then it says in the book of... uh, 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 verse 1 For we know that if our our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved we have a building of God a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven Verse number three, Second Corinthians Corinthians 5.3, If so be that being naked, we be not found naked. And then in uh, John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And in Second Corinthians 6.16, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, be their God, and they shall be my people. Knowing, this is Peter, in Second Peter he it says, Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Now stop and consider the human body is considered the tabernacle. If you ever study the tabernacle pattern that Moses built in the uh, Old Testament, you will come to the conclusion and see how vastly important that pattern is displayed in us today that we live in. And the last scripture I want to uh, share with you before we conclude here, as we are running out of time, in 2 Corinthians 5, 16, Wherefore, henceforth, Paul is saying something here. This is a continuation of the tabernacle uh, uh, being clothed. Henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. Yes, Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. In other words, Paul was saying, it's not enough for you to know about Christ, what you have heard said about Christ, what has been written about Christ as uh, when he walked here on this earth. But we must know him according to and after a resurrected resurrection life. Seated at the right hand of the Father with all power, all authority, all glory, all things being placed under his feet. And he being our Lord and our soon coming King. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly and fully bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.